Hi, I'm Mackenzie Fagan, and this is 112BK coming to you from downtown Brooklyn. On the show today, the finale of this year's BAM Cinema Fest is from a Dominican-American first-time filmmaker who talks about sisterhood, culture clash, and animals in the kitchen. It's definitely inspired by the tension that happens when you leave people behind and what happens when you get back together. But it's also a story that's super universal to anyone who is first generation or anyone who's had to deal with um, being disconnected from their hometown or from their home country. A few days ago, Kristen Yoon-Soo Kim wrote in Art Forum, quote, the Brooklyn Academy of Music's film programming department remains one of the few institutions that has responded responsibly in light of the conversation about representation in the medium. Their annual BAM Cinema Fest, now in its 11th year, is no different, end quote. The film that closes out the prestigious festival is no exception. De Lo Mio is the debut feature by director Diana Peralta, and it follows two sisters as they travel back to the Dominican Republic to clean out their grandmother's house. Here to talk about representation, sibling rivalries, and the universality of grief is the director herself, Diana Peralta. Welcome to Woman 2BK. Thank you for having me. So can you give us just a brief overview of the film and what it's about? Sure. So high level, the film's about two ride-or-die sisters from New York. I call them Dominican New York sisters who are Dominican but born and raised in New York and have the New York energy. They go back to Santiago in Dominican Republic to visit their estranged brother because they have to basically clean out and sell their father's childhood home after he's passed away. So they're basically dealing with the loss of their father, the loss of their grandparents, and also this um, this house that connects them to the island. So they're kind of just dealing with that loss and also reuniting after a long time of not having seen each other. So it's a little drama, but it's also fun because we're Dominicans. We love we love to have a good time. There's music. There's yes. dancing. There's Always a lot dancing. of like close siblingness in the film. Yes. Um, exactly. The two main characters are they actually sisters in real life? So I thought they were. I found them on Instagram, and they're these brilliant Instagram comedians who kind of created their own following, just talking about their experience as millennial Dominican New Yorkers trying to survive and just hustle. And I thought they were sisters because we have this really amazing close energy. But it turns out they just grew up together. They're not blood related but they just have this amazing chemistry so really yeah. I thought for sure same as you both yeah. because I think they look alike but also because they have that sort of sibling rapport yeah. so it was great I saw this video that they did on Instagram together and I was like oh these girls are perfect they remind me of me and my sisters and so they had they had the energy and so it was super easy to get that out of them on set we were just talking before the interview about your necklace, uh, which is the title of the film, yes. and you said that your sister gave that to you. Yeah. So tell me about your own family and how much of this film was pulled from your own life, from relationships that you have sure. with your siblings. So the film is somewhat inspired by my life, especially um, the relationship with the sisters. I have two sisters and the middle child, and we're extremely close and have you know gone through life together all the time. So my little sister Michelle, who's my like attached to my hip, is my producer on the film as well because this story is as personal to her as it is for me. And as like a little motivator, she made me this Delomio necklace and was like, "Hey, you need to to wear this until you get your film done, so you can so it's like a little charm to get you through it, which is amazing." But I think when it comes to the relationships in the film, it's really inspired by my relationships with my sisters, my parents, what I've seen happen in my parents' families because they've also been divided. My parents moved to New York in the 80s, so they haven't been in the same time and place with their family in a long time. So it's definitely inspired by the tension that happens when you leave people behind and what happens when you get back together. But it's also a story that's super universal to anyone who is first generation or 
anyone who's had to deal with being disconnected from their hometown or from their home country and what it means for their relationships with their cousins, their siblings, their aunts and uncles who have to deal with them not being there and also them having more opportunity than their families that were left behind. So there's a lot of subtle tension that happens when you go back home and you're dealing with all of that. And so the film speaks to that, which is my experience and a lot, a pretty universal experience for anyone who's traveled to another place and settled down. Talk to me a little bit about the relationship dynamic between the two sisters who were both raised in New York mm-hmm. and their brother, uh, who was raised by their grandparents and didn't have the same type of relationship with their dad. Of course. So the sisters, I mean, I'm a Dominican New York girl myself. They're extremely independent, extremely hard-headed, um, really thoughtful, but also outspoken girls. And they know what they want and they know how to get it done. That's just a New York energy. It's really interesting seeing that culture clash happen when the siblings reunite in the film, where the brother is very laid back. He's just doing his best. He's not trying to be perfect. He's not perfect. He talks about it out loud. Um, and the girls have such high expectations of him because they've they've been raised with that, with their father being present, with expectations being placed on them as the first generation to be growing up in the United States. So there's a lot of criticism happening. There's a lot of tension there because he's just doing his best and he feels like they're coming in and judging him and not accepting him and acting like they're better than him. So there's a lot of that tension and also happens in my family and families all over the place. You can see it happen to everybody. I'm curious about what it was like working with your actual sister on this film about sisters who are loosely based on you and your sister. Yeah, it was <laughs> it was amazing and it was wild. Like she was there from the she's been there from the beginning as I've been writing this. So she's the person who read it as I was writing, who gave me criticisms, who helped me make it better. And it's kind of both of my sisters in, in both characters. So it's it's a combination of the two. And my sister, Laura, is in the film. She plays the baby mama with the drama. And she's beautiful and like does an amazing job. So I found a way of bringing them both into the production. But really, the characters are based on both and our dynamics as well. Um, but it was, it was amazing. Like, we're very close. And working with family can go really well or go really poorly. And I'm lucky that we made it work that if we have disagreements or arguments, we are able to get over it and kind of just move past it and do it for the family and do it for the culture. And then directing my older sister in the film, even though it was for a little moment, it was just so much fun. Just like seeing her walk in and take on this character and walk her through that. So it's pretty amazing. And then, of course, you'll see like a lot of Peralta's peppered throughout the movie. Because I was like, cousin, come just like be a background actor in this in this scene. It's a Peralta family production. Absolutely. That house (laughs) that you shot in is amazing as well. There's sort of that like mid-century screen or Mm -hmm. gate that's the background in a lot of the scenes. Yeah, it's incredible. Um, My grandparents built that house together. I forget what year. I think it was in the 50s before my parents were, my dad was born. Um, but my, they really valued nature and like being, because they both grew up in the country and had moved to the city for, for work. And they really valued being in nature. So they built this house in the middle of this garden and really wanted it to feel like you were never like locked into a space. So they created this dining room that had this gorgeous gate. So you're just exposed to the outside and the elements all kind of coming together. Like you'll see animals. You're like, why is there an animal in my kitchen? And be like, oh yeah, because there's no wall here, but it's so beautiful and the light comes in in a gorgeous way. So that's just the the setting of where I spent my summers growing up and I always knew it was beautiful and it took a long time for me to realize, oh, there's a story here. It's not just beauty. Like there's a story here that people might actually care about. So yeah, it's the setting and the house, definitely. Like, we could not have done it without years of memories there that were built up. 
you capture that sense of nature really well and it almost feels like the nature around the house and mm -hmm. the trees in particular are another character in the film. Mm -hmm. There's this beautiful long shot where one of the sisters is leaning back on the porch and mm -hmm. you just pan to the, the trees and the foliage ab above her. Yeah. Um, and there's a big part of the film too where uh, they talk about how the house is gonna be torn down and mm -hmm. the trees are gonna go away and the, the sisters feel very strongly about that. Yeah, for sure. Talk to me a little bit too about the way that you used light in your shots. You mentioned that the quality of light in this mm -hmm. house is really beautiful. Um, you make a lot of interesting choices to film at dusk or at night. And some of the scenes are like almost entirely dark or are lit through light coming through blinds. Mm -hmm. um, what types of feelings were you trying to evoke? What were the discussions that you and your cinematographer were having about that? Sure. And we're really lucky because the house was built in a certain way where some areas have this beautiful daylight that come and hit you. And those that's where we purposefully put the joyous moments like the dance scenes or just the moments where they're talking and having a good time. But then you'll also get these like cavernous kind of dark, more shadowy rooms that evoke a mood without even you putting anyone in there. So that helped us decide, oh, when after their fight, this is a place he would this character would retreat to to gather his thoughts. And when he's in a mood in a certain point or here makes sense for this like joyous sibling reunion outside on the roof where they're seeing the scope of the of the property around them. So we're really lucky that the environment kind of gave us a lot of those. And what we talked about was just keeping it as authentic as possible and only enhancing it a little bit with some light to make sure things were visible. And then there's things that happen, like there's a scene uh, where the girls are at night just sitting and the power went out, which happens all the time in Santiago. Like growing up, we would spend days without power and that's just the way it was. And the things that you do to maintain, that to like just keep going, they just lit candles all over the place and we would just put on the mosquito net so we didn't get bit up by mosquitoes all night and just enjoy ourselves and just be one with the space. And I really wanted to capture that because it's, you kind of forget the things that we have and take for granted. And I was like, oh, sometimes you just don't have water or power for a week. What do you do? And you just continue living. So we just wanted to maintain the authenticity of the place and play around with that a little bit. Did you encounter that at all while you were filming? Like, was Oh yeah. Oh yeah. We <laughs> so, had, oh my God. So sure. kind of smart to build a, a plan around not filming. With, exactly. It's with, like, oh, there's no light. I yeah, guess exactly. candles only. <laughs> right. Um, we had, and it was tough because we were shooting an exterior. We had um, a power outage for like a few hours that we were struggling with. Like, oh no, we really need to light this specific spot on the driveway so you can see them walking through. So it held us up. Uh, so it didn't always work out, but in the end, we got what we needed. So you just have to learn to work with the elements. Right. Yeah. Um, we have a clip from the film, and I think this clip is actually when they're talking about, the siblings are talking about the fate of the house. Entonces, miren como que va el plate. Tenemos cinco días para limpiar la casa. How are we going to do all that in five days? Nosotros hacemos eso. Wait, but what's the rush? What's going on in five days? Te van a llegar la gente que van a ir a impresionar. Gracias, Pablo. Okay, and they're going to move in as soon as we leave? Mudarse. Esa gente va a tumbar eso, tú lo loco. ¿Cómo que tumbar? They're going to bulldoze the house? Mm -mm. Pero que ahí lo que vale el terreno, no la casa. Yeah, but what about the trees? Like, this tree has been there for like over 100 years, and that's our grandmother's house. That's her home. Oye, en primer lugar, ¿a quién le importa la madre? A nadie en la familia le importa esa casa tampoco. Soy yo nada más que prego con eso. Can we fix it up? Can we find a family that's going to want to live there and appreciate the house? Ustedes tienen 400 mil dólares. Tú tienes 400 mil dólares. O tú tienes 400 mil dólares. No, yo no. No, porque entonces okay. yo lo, lo que hacemos es que ustedes se quedan con la casa. Okay, okay, we get it. Además, cuando le entran esos chelitos, ustedes van a estar bien. 
Claro que tengo emociones, pero tengo deuda también. Tell me a little bit about the clip that we saw. Uh, it takes place in a bar. They've just been picked up by their brother. Mm -hmm. um, where did you shoot this? And I don't know, tell me about like the making of this scene. Oh, sure. It's amazing. There's this bar called Casa Bader in Santiago, and it's historic. It's been there for, I bet, since the 50s. And it used to be a gentleman's only bar. No women were allowed, mostly because they wanted the wives of the men going there to feel comfortable that they weren't going to be bringing anyone else in. Mm, mm -hmm. And they didn't allow women, I don't think until the 80s, So my, my, which is insane to think that that happened in this world. But yeah, that's just the way it was. And my dad and my grandpa grew up going there, and that's where my dad would hang out with his brothers and his friends. And so this is a really amazing community spot in Santiago that I started going to as I grew up. So whatever, every time I went back, we would go to Casa Bada. It's the first thing we did. We'd have some quipe, which you saw in the scene. It's just like that delicious little food that they're eating. You always get the coldest presidente you've ever drank in your life. And it's what just- What does he say when he says, if you open it too quickly, it'll freeze? Yes, it does. So they, I don't know, this is like the hottest Caribbean island you'll ever find, but somehow they found a way to make the beer like near frozen. Cause it's like water for people. It's how you stay hydrated. So you're just drinking beer all the time. But this this place, Casa Bader, has like stacked up with fridges to make the beer nearly frozen. So when he, when Pablo, who actually works there and who's known my dad since he was like a child, um, when he serves it, he like he instructs you to not touch it because if you touch it, it will freeze over. The entire bottle will freeze. So you can't even like put your hand to it. You have to wait tw two minutes. Wow, so that way, okay. I know. <laughs> so don't open it right away because it'll freeze. You'll have like a president the icicle or a sludgy thing. So. But it's, it's so refreshing, and it's just a great environment to talk and just get caught up. So it felt super right to get this opener introduction scene in that bar. And they were kind enough to let us shoot there because they love our family. They've known us for years. So we just like kind of walked in and took over the space. But in the scene, uh, they're just kind of having this moment of getting down to business and talking about what they're there to do, and it's not all fun and games. And it's kind of the beginning of the tension between the girls and Dante because Dante, he's figured it out. He's the man of the house. He has been growing up and he knows what he's going to do. And these girls come in and start questioning, even though they haven't been there to support really or to see what he's, all the effort he's been putting into it, their instinct is to criticize and to push back. And so you can start to see that tension. And they're not trying to be malicious. They're just, that's just the way they're used to being. And they're walking in and taking over. Um, so you see a little bit of that tension, but they're still, it's still early on, so they're still happy to see each other. They're still having a good time. Not for long, but it all starts well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, you mentioned earlier the idea of wanting to do this for the culture. Mm -hmm. What do you mean by that? Well, I feel like I haven't seen a lot of Dominican stories told here, and Dominican Republic has a thriving film industry, but I haven't seen it from the perspective of like from my perspective, perspective from a, of a lot of people that I grew up with in New York of like, what's our experience and our relationship to our culture and to our country, but also being American. So I hadn't seen anything like that. People are starting to do it like, but also not Dominican, like Vita, the show is incredible and talks about the Mexican American experience. But I was like, I want to just tell it from our perspective because not a lot of people know about Dominican Republic and have a very limited perspective of baseball and Cardi B who are amazing people. <laughs> I love Cardi B to death. But I was like, let me like tell a little bit more of our story. Right. I just really wanted to do it for kind of in a selfish way, like for my family and to honor my grandparents who had just passed away and we were losing that house and to kind of memorialize that, but also in the process realize this is something that a lot of people like us deal with and I feel like they'd see some of themselves in the film. So we're like, let's do it for the culture. Every time me, Darlene and Sasha, who play the, the siblings, did something on set that was hard, we're like, okay, 
let's do it for the culture. We're just gonna do it, we'll get it done. And it happened, so we kind of had that as our rallying cry throughout the film. The film is in both Spanish and English. Mm -hmm. And I'm wondering, did you get any pushback from like potential investors or whatnot about like, oh, well, if there could just be a little more English, at least like when the sisters are talking to each other? No, we didn't get any pushback. I got like full creative license and that's just the way it is. When I speak to my family, I speak in Spanglish, like half Spanish. When I get too lazy to think of the word, I like default to English and they understand it. And I saw something beautiful in the way that I communicate with my family, but also see other people like me do. And so I was like, let's just have them speak the way that they'd want to. So I would write it in English and then that day be like, hey, I would gather the cast and be like, how do you feel like talking today? Sometimes Dante, who Hector, who plays Dante, would be like, I feel like saying this line in English. Go for it. Why not? And the girls would, I just wanted it to be the most natural reaction and the most natural response. So I kind of left it up to them to be like, what do you feel comfortable speaking right now? Mm-hmm. So it was nice. It's like a, it's interesting seeing both languages get pulled in and out as we go through the film. So we talked in the intro about BAM Cinema Fest and about how BAM's curators have done a really lovely job of making sure that there's representation Mm -hmm. among people who you don't see directing films, mainstream films, as often Mm -hmm. as we would like. Um, And the opening night, which was this past week, uh, was Lulu Wang's The Farewell, which is another film about grief and families, Mm -hmm. also directed by a female director of color. I'm curious about how you see your films in conversation and if you see any significance about the fact that the bookending of this festival are these two films about the passing of a loved one. Oh, for sure. I saw saw The Farewell last night and was just blown away by it and totally like laughed and then out of nowhere started sobbing at the end. And I won't reveal what happens, but it just hit so close to home because I did just lose my grandmother and I've had for the past few months that goodbye moment every time I went back to Dominican Republic and not knowing if it was the last time I was going to see her. So I was not expecting to have a cry fest with my little sister in the theater last night, but we were like, keep it together. <laughs> so embarrassing, but we're like, let's let it out. Not let's embarrassing. That's beautiful. And it, it really impacted me and I yeah. loved how she did that. And I find that it's really interesting that they started with that and then ended with Delo Mio because I feel like Delo Mio is the aftermath. Like the farewell is what you're in the moment. You're seeing this. You're losing this person in real time and you're seeing the the processing of that. And for me, Delo Mio is we just got over that. What happens in the aftermath? How do we deal with this loss? What does that mean for the people who are left behind? And I feel like that works really well together. And I love that. Bam did, I think they made a really smart decision opening and ending that way because it kind of just feels like a nice bookend, if that makes sense. I haven't seen the film yet, but I'm so excited to. And there's a similarity, too, in that you have the character played by Aquafina, who's sort of like an Americanized Chinese Mm -hmm. person going back to her ancestral home country and that there's some culture clash. And that felt very similar to me. For sure. um, As the sisters in your story. Were there any moments where you were like, oh, that is a huge similarity in terms of like an Americanized Chinese person, an Americanized Dominican person? Yeah, absolutely. I was like, oh, my gosh. It also validated in, in a way. I was like, oh, people do care about this. Like people do care about these like everyday stories of ours. From, not from the perspective of like what, of the mainstream. So I was like, oh, great. I'm glad another person did something like this and got supported and is getting an amazing attention for this beautiful film that they made. I'm like, oh, great. The story is, is worth it. And I was like, oh, yeah. Like, this girl is so much... Like, she would be best friends with my girls and they would be at a party together, like, 
getting along and talking about all the stuff that they're going through. I want to see that movie. I want to see, you know, like how on TJF they would sometimes have like, yeah, like crossovers, <laughs> a crossover episode. I want to see the crossover film that you and Lulu direct together. I would love Where it's love like they're that. back in New York and they're hanging out at a yes, party. Yes, that would be amazing. <laughs> I would love to be at that party too, personally. So um, Lulu's film is a few months ahead of yours. It premiered mm-hmm. at Sundance, but this is your world premiere yes. coming up on June 22nd. Mm-hmm. Um, any plans for the film after that? Any other festivals that it's playing? Yeah, so we got the film done pretty quickly. So BAM was the first festival that we applied to and got into. So we're like, oh my gosh. And we hadn't even finished when we heard from them. So we're like, okay, great. We are so stoked to be in this festival. Now we need two months to actually finish the movie. So then we like <laughs> right. scrambled to get the thing done. Um, so we just finished, honestly, like a week and a half ago. Congratulations. Thank you. It was incredible. I'm glad you were closing night instead of opening night I know. Then. Bought us a little bit of time. Thank God. But we have, now that we finished, we've applied to a bunch of other festivals around the world, in the U.S., and we're just kind of waiting to see what happens. So it's early on in the life of De Lo Mio, but I'll definitely keep you posted as we start to hear back from places. Great. Well, if people are local, they can see the film at yes. BAM Cinema Fest, June 22nd. Mm-hmm. Is there another screening as well? So the first one sold out okay. within hours, which is insane. Congratulations. But thank you. But they added a second screening that same night at okay. 745 because people wanted to see it. And I needed to get my grandpa in there and I didn't buy him a ticket early enough. So grandpa's going to be in there. You can hang out with him. Excellent. 7.45, they just put those tickets on sale a few days ago, so they're still available. All right. Well, Diana, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. And that's the show for today. Please subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. See you next time. 112BK is hosted by me, Mackenzie Fagan. It is series produced by Ross Tuttle, also produced by Fred Brown, Shereen Bargi, Isabel Alcantara, Naeem Van, and Emily Bogosian. It is recorded in studio by Clinton Filson Jr., Eric Hogseg, and Antonio M. Rosario. It is post-produced by Alexander Pointzolo, edited by Mira Al-Rahim, and executive produced by Jonathan Leaf, Sasha Mathias, and Aziz Aisham. 